Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. But today I want to go back and do what I said I would do last week, and that is I want you to revisit chapter 4, the last chapter of the letter to the Philippians And we get to verse 2. This is the Apostle Paul writing under the direction of the Holy Spirit from a prison in Rome. I I implore, strongly urge, beg, in the Greek that is pronounced yodia, and I strongly urge, I beg, I implore, suntuke, to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, Paul is obviously referring to someone who labored and helped him in the gospel and who was now helping to oversee the church, most probably the pastor, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I want you to recognize that in Holy Scripture there were two women who had reached an impasse in their personal relationships. They just, communication obviously had broken down. They couldn't get into any grounds of agreement, or at least they had not been able to. And it took a word from the apostle under the direction of the Holy Spirit To be in writing, how would you like for your name to be in writing from the apostle urging you to get on with reconciliation with somebody else in the church? And he's saying, I want you to become of the same mind. I want you to find some common ground, and I want you to be of the same mind in the Lord. You can have disagreements You can have personal preferences that are different, but for the Lord's sake, in the Lord, I want you to come together and not create a faction. I want you to work toward the sustaining and the protection of the unity of the body. And he urges spiritual leadership, help these women, help them. Today is not the time, but the principles of Scripture are very clear. If you are having a dispute with someone in your faith family, go to them and do your best to work it out between the two of you. If, according to the words of Jesus and the teaching of 1 Corinthians 6, the Apostle Paul, if you reach an impasse, and you can't work it out between you, Jesus and Paul says, bring it to the church. That is, bring it to the leadership of the faith family so that they can assist you in getting together, bringing, protecting the unity and getting an agreement together. You can call it mediation. You can call it whatever you'd like. This presupposes 
that there is a common spiritual covering, a common spiritual authority or leadership, if you will. I do know that in the body of Christ today, there are many disagreements among people in business, relationally, whatever, and what complicates it is that a lot of times there's not a common spiritual covering. So in those cases, there are opportunities when both parties agree for there to be an independent or neutral person to act as a mediator. Like I say, those verses, in my opinion, presuppose a common spiritual authority. And by the way, let me just tell you this, common to what our culture says, I believe that God has a heart for lawyers. Now, I know some of you are going to laugh at that. I believe that, and here's why. The epistle to 1 John's describes Jesus as a super lawyer. He says, we therefore have an advocate, a, in the Greek, a legal lawyer pleading our case, Jesus Christ the righteous. And it's a good thing to have a good lawyer. We live in an evil, fallen world. Amen? For all of you lawyers in the audience, you can pay me my cut after we're done. <clears throat> but notice, the call for reconciliation is couched by, look at verse 3 again. I urge you, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. Notice, Paul does not say, I cannot believe y'all can't get it together. Notice he doesn't say, why in the world have you, you ladies allowed this enmity to poison the atmosphere of the church? Y'all get it together. Notice he doesn't say any of that. Notice what he does say is these, he reminds the spiritual leadership, these women labored with me in the gospel. You know what he's doing? He is saying don't focus narrowly on what is going on today Remember not today's conflict. Remember the grand scheme of their contribution. How many of you know that when you get in strife with somebody and all you can think about is how they've hurt you or what they've done, it would be a good idea to learn from the apostle here and get away from the problem and ask God for perspective. Ask him to help you see the big picture. Some of you need to forgive your mother. You've got a problem right now, and all you can focus on is a little area or a little time where they have offended you. You need to look at the whole perspective of what that woman has done for you for your life. Amen. When you're in strife with anybody whom God has put you in a relationship with, shift your focus off of the problem and ask God to give you a, a full picture of their contribution to your life. 
That's what was happening right here. I know I encourage you ladies, get it together. But I want you guys in spiritual authority, I want you to know these women labored with me in the gospel. So what Paul's saying here is they are a part of a holy assignment and they contributed to the apostolic work that God has given me. They are worthy. You know what this also says? Regardless of the spiritual impact you made yesterday, you can have a wreck today. Regardless of how wonderfully you've been used in the past, you can get in the ditch today. Let's be careful and diligent to preserve the unity of the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, I want to say this now to all the women of the church. All of you ladies who are here today, whether you are a physical mother or a spiritual mother, and everybody should be in the process of becoming a spiritual mother. Be careful that you don't listen to the lies of the devil. The devil will lie to you and tell you that nobody appreciates you simply because right now you may be having some difficulty in relationships with somebody you love. The devil will lie to you. Here's some of the things he will tell you. He will say, God doesn't really love you. God doesn't really want the best for you. If you surrender your life to him, if you surrender the final outcome of the results of your challenges, he will take away your dreams, your desires. You can't trust the Lord. That was the original lie that Satan told Eve. The world that we live in lies to you. It says things like this, you are not successful unless you do everything everyone expects you to do. The lie the world tells you women today is that you are responsible for making everybody happy. That you have to be able to fix everything and everybody. It is a lie in the world system. Even religion. And I'm not talking about a personal relationship with Jesus and the Word of God. But even religion and the traditional institutional church sometimes lies to us. And it tells women things like this. You are less valuable than men. And it takes out of context erroneous teachings from specific situations and tries to apply it across the board and to say, see there, even the scriptures say that unless you're a man, you're less valuable to God. That is erroneous. It is a lie propagated through religion. That same lying system of religion will tell you that you're incapable of any kind of leadership. That same system will infiltrate the church and tell you 
that unless you're married and have children, or if you're married, or unless you have children or grandchildren, that you don't have any value. Lies of the devil, of the world, of religion, and of misinformed church leaders. Lies. The Lord Jesus, in his rightly divided word, tells you the truth about who you really are. You're his precious daughter. He created you in his own image and likeness. He redeemed you. He gave up his own, he, he allowed his own son to be murdered so he could get you and his family. He nurtures and cares for you and you have an affinity with the heart of God that males don't have. You see, God is a nurturer and by nature, men are producers and women are nurturers. None of us had babies. We weren't engineered and wired that way. God has a special place in your heart because you're a nurturer, nurturer like the heart of God. You are always praying and longing and loving for your children and reaching out, and you have a fierce, protective, gripping nature when it comes to seeing your children suffer. You will lay down your own life on their behalf. Don't fall for the lies of the devil in the world and even the church. God loves you as his daughter. He has put you in a treasured place and he believes in you. On the back of your outline today, I've listed several women through scripture who reveal to us that God, how God feels about his daughters. God created Adam. He saw that it was not good for Adam to live alone. So he created Eve. Eve was not subservient. Eve was equal. I said equal and opposite to Adam. He created them to form a team. To connect and complete so that Adam could fulfill his assignment. Now don't. Don't get in a ditch about this. That does not mean that a man or a woman has to be married to be complete or fulfilled in God. There are many men and women. There are men and women in this church whom God has given a specific gift at least to this point to live a life unto the Lord under His assignment single. It doesn't mean that you've missed it or that you're incomplete. It is the presence of God that makes a person complete, not being married to somebody else. And if you marry thinking that someone else is responsible for making you happy and making you complete, you are a wreck waiting to happen. 
Could have been a few amens on that one. Eve was called the mother of all humans. What about Deborah? You ever read the book of Judges? Deborah was a prophetess, an incredibly wise woman. She was a warrior. Buddy, she had a warring spirit. She was a judge over Israel and under Deborah's political, military, wise leadership as a judge over Israel, God's people experienced 40 years of peace. Deborah. Esther was a queen. She interceded for and saved God's people from extermination from the Persians. What an intercessor. I want you to turn to the left with me to Romans 16. I've got to show you this. I want you to see it right out of the Word with your own eyes. Some people have taken some isolated passages out of epistles that were speaking to specific situations in specific cities and they have come across with the idea that God doesn't care much for women and the church should not recognize the importance of women. Nothing could be farther from the heart of God or the full counsel of the word. In Romans chapter 16, remember this is holy scripture. The Bible says it was inspired by God. Paul moved by the Holy Spirit. God knew what was going to be in this. He says in chapter 16, verse 1, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Chintria. How many of you know that Phoebe, is she a household name? If you were to ask if I were to ask you to come up here and list the great characters of the New Testament, how many of you would say Phoebe? But watch this. In Holy Scripture, we missed a lot of this. Paul, writing under the direction of the Holy Spirit, says, I, command to, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Trentria, that you may receive her. She's coming to you, Roman church, in a, receive her in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Paul is saying, I'm going to send to you church at Rome. I'm sending to you my sister Phoebe, my sister in the Lord, I want you to grant her honor. I want you to do whatever she asks you to do to assist her. She is, listen, she is under an apostolic assignment. Wow. I want you to notice chapter 16 and verse 1. Phoebe is a servant of the church. That word in the Greek is diakonon. That word is also translated not only servant, but the word is also translated minister in other parts of the New Testament. 
Some of you have wondered why I ordain women. There's one of the reasons. It's also translated deacon. In other parts of the New Testament, it's translated servant, minister, deacon. It had to do with somebody who had an office, an office of service in the church. Well, let's read on. Greet verse 3, Priscilla and Aquila. You remember them from the book of Acts? Priscilla and Aquila were a husband and wife team. Notice he says, they're my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Greet the, the church that is in their house. There is Pastor Aquila and Pastor Priscilla. There is, they are ministering and pastoring the church in their house. We know they were pastoring a church in Corinth. It could be that now they're pastoring a church also in Rome. Hmm. So now you know why. When I have said over and over again, I know Dina was called to the Lord before we ever married. She surrendered her life to whatever the Lord wanted her to do. And you know now while many times she's referred to as co-pastor, y'all don't have any idea the depths of her ministry to so many in personal love and prayer, and counsel, not to mention so many administrative things. Priscilla was a co-pastor of the church with Aquila. They, they mentored Apollos, the great apostolic man of God. Philip's daughters are referred to in Acts as prophetesses. If you look in Ephesians chapter 4, you'll find out that one of the offices of the church is the office of prophecy. Lois was the mother, Eunice was the grandmother of Timothy. Do you know that there's a mother and a grandmother that were not attributed anything else but being vehicles through which Timothy learned the basics of Scripture and as Daniel was testifying today, just introduced their son Timothy when he was just a child to the things of God. Some of you say, well, I'll never hold an office in the church. I can't do this. I can't get up and preach or pray. I can't do anything in public. Maybe not. But do you know that Lois and Eunice are great examples because all they did, according to this, was be a faithful grandmother and mother who loved and prayed for and taught Timothy in the things of God. That's all. And God took young Timothy and made him Paul's protege and eventually made him pastor of the church at Ephesus. What you are doing just by mothering and grandmothering has an eternal, lasting, powerful investment.
we see there in verse 7 a lady named Junia mentioned. Verse 7, read Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners. See, Junia was so strong in the Lord and faith, she had been imprisoned. They are of note among the apostles. Highly recognized by the apostles as leaders. And those who were willing to sacrifice and suffer for the gospel. Now I could go on and on. Are you getting the picture? That not only does, do women have an incredibly powerful part in the, and place in the heart of God, a holy assignment, but God has chosen to use women throughout Old and New Testament to accomplish assignments that he has given to particular ones of them. But heaven and earth is moved by women who will become spiritual mothers. Whether you are a physical mother, every one of you in your faith can become a spiritual mother. I'm calling out to you today under the authority of the Lord of the church. Take on the mantle of spiritually mentoring those God puts in your life. How do I do that? Go before the Lord and decide that from this day forward, you will become a woman who knows how to love and serve out of that love. I know how to love God, and I know how His love will be transferred through me. I'm willing to love and serve. I'm willing, out of knowing how God sees me as His daughter, I will encourage those He puts in my path. Do you know that a lot of people in your life are out of gas? They don't have any spiritual fuel. Faith has laid hold of some wonderful things, but they are out of gas. Encouragement is the spiritual fuel that keeps somebody faithful till they see what they believe for. You can be a minister of encouragement, of love, encouragement. And I'm calling out today for women of God to learn how to fight. There is nothing in this world, in earth or in heaven, stronger than a woman who will intercede and fight the fight of faith. Even if she stands girded with the, with the armament of the Lord, if she has to stand in front of Satan himself and say, you get out of here in the name of Jesus. We need women of faith who will rise up and fight. Women of faith can change the atmosphere of Washington, D.C. 
of Montgomery, Alabama, of this whole circumstantial atmosphere by prayer and through women who are willing not to sell out but to fight. Some of you are here today because there was a mother or a grandmother or a woman somewhere who wouldn't give up on you. They would pray and stand and fight and, and rebuke the enemy. You are here today, many of you, because a woman wouldn't stop somewhere interceding in heaven for you. So I call out to all of you, young and old, all of you women of faith, whether you're new to the faith or you've walked with the Lord a long time, ask the Holy Spirit to give you a new spirit to fight, a new willingness to war in the heavenlies in prayer, a new willingness to stand up to this dark, unbiblical culture that your children and grandchildren and those you love are growing up in, that somehow by the grip of the grace of God, they will not be destroyed by all of these dark forces that we see everywhere today. Fight! And don't let go of what the Lord God Almighty has assigned you. Listen, you are a daughter of the King, and He listens to you completely. Have you become passive, ladies? Have you adopted a victim mentality? Or have you decided, I'm going to believe and stand and invest in what God says about me and not allow my value to be determined by what the world or the enemy or even some misguided preacher told me sometime. Amen. When Jesus was raised from the dead, who's the first person he talked to? Did he try to have a council meeting? Did he try to go to the temple in Jerusalem and said, I told y'all, first person that Jesus appeared to was a little lady named Mary Magdalene whom Jesus had cast many demons. She wasn't religious, but boy did she fall in love with the Lord. I'm telling you ladies, you're so special to the heart of God. If you study the scripture and ask the Lord to open your eyes, you will see how precious you are. Rise up and decide today that you will join him in becoming the spiritual mentor that God has called you to be. How we need spiritual mothers. Would you stand?
Father, precious name of your Son, Jesus. I declare a blessing today to all of these, your sheep, but especially to your daughters today. Father, for those who were deceived into thinking that their value is in other people or in how the world views them, break the grip of that lie. Bear witness in them that they are your daughter and that's the only thing that really mounts, uh, counts for eternity. May they see themselves the way you see them. It's precious powerful thank you for the women you've put into this faith family I bless them today I thank you for them I thank you for their faithfulness their loyalty thank you for their heart that beats like yours thank you for their loving and nurturing spirit thank you for the unity that they protect thank you for the ferocity of their willingness to fight for those things that are holy and righteous and dear to you. Minister to your daughters today, Father. May every woman in here today, oh God, let there rise up on the inside of them a mighty desire to become a spiritual mother, to love and to serve those you put into their lives who may be babies in their faith, or may who even be outside the kingdom of God, but can see in them a true spiritual mother. Thank you that it is a holy calling. Grant them the anointing to walk in it. Now today, God, for all of your daughters who are beaten up, Holy Spirit, comfort them. Encourage them, heal them, strengthen them. Rise up on the inside of them, Lord, and may they walk out a new journey. Not fearfully cowering from the challenges of this world. God, deliver them from the lies that they have to fix everybody and be all things. Deliver them from the lie that their value is in pleasing somebody else beside you. Deliver them from the lies that have been propagated even from their own family, from this world and even from the church. Help them to come to the knowledge of the truth. Knowing that as they abide in you, they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Oh, how we bless your daughters today. In the precious and holy name of You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.